Hey, you're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. It's 4, uh, 410 here in the station in Pittston, 73 degrees and cloudy. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and uh, high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. You can also call or text. Get involved with the conversation. 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phone. We have uh, Joe from Plains on crime. Joe. How you doing? All right. Listen, um, I wanted to talk about some crime that um, happened three years ago. It was happening again. Uh, it's... Um, Happening in Washington, D.C. by our president. It's the uh, student debt relief uh, that he's giving to tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of uh, college students. Um, Supreme Court shot it down. He keeps trying to give money out. He's still still giving money out. Uh, well, it was an- another $9 million recently, right? Yeah, another nine, $9 billion, I think nine it billion? is. Uh, Nine billion, or I forget how many tens of thousands of people are getting it. Um, but the thing I have a problem with is nobody is mentioning it. And, and what it is, and maybe you don't think so, um, but I believe it's a bribe. They are bribes. Um, they're bribing college kids um, with the um, possibility of getting uh relief on their on their loans oh it's and, no, no doubt it is and if the the president recently gave 125,000 borrowers uh erasing nine billion dollars in debt through existing programs in total he's given 3.6 million borrowers uh, for 127 billion their debt wiped out right uh, those are all bribes and the way i feel about it is that anybody who took a bribe should not be allowed to vote. It's no different than me walking up to the polls, you handing me $50 uh, to vote for your guy. Um, It's against the law to do that. And somebody who is backing election integrity needs to get a hold of this this issue and stop it right now. Um, and, and, And... file a lawsuit or some lawsuits in order to keep people from voting who received bribes. Well, it has been looked at. It has He has been sued. We, we've won on Sunday, and I've talked about it on this show, you know, for the past couple of months uh, in depth. Well, he, he's, been sued, he's been sued for trying to give the money. I'm talking about suing to stop the people from voting who took the bribe. I, I would think that's going to be a stretch. Uh, because it, well, because I mean, starts, you you, you can with you it. can interpret it as a bribe, but they are federal loans that he's forgiving. He had got he got narrowed down to what he can do. And again, I I, I agree with you. It is absolutely paying off these students to vote Democrat in the future. Um, and it's crazy what they're doing with our tax dollars. Well, I mean, if you can't stop it, I I mean, if nobody even wants to make an attempt to stop it, then. 
Uh, well, I believe there's been multiple. This just, there's been attempts all around the country to stop it. They were able to narrow it down, but that's all they were able to do. He has certain well, authorities to do it, and by trying to twist it to where it's 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 not a bribe if the the president's doing it through through avenues he legally has, which they narrowed it down. The Supreme Court said, you know, you can't do this, but they narrowed it down to where you can do it more. And there's still pending suits on it to narrow it down, but you have. They have the majority with with the the Senate and the presidency, and with his executive orders, there's so much he can do, and there still are pending lawsuits on this. But to say people can't vote because they accepted to have their student loan um, paid off that he's legally doing would be a stretch, Joe. Well, that's not that's not how I that's not how I phrased it. I phrased it that they got a bribe. Uh, and that's what I it mean, is. we could phrase it, we could phrase it any way that we want. That's just not going to hold water when it comes to trying to prevent somebody from voting. Yes, I agree with you. Um, people should be help, upheld their contractual loan that they signed and agreed to. But if he has the powers, the commander in chief, as the president of the United States under executive order, to narrowly forgive the government loans that he's doing, and again, I disagree with him doing that, but. We, it's been fought to the extent that it can be fought, and there are still pending lawsuits saying that maybe he exceeded his uh, his his authority to do so. Right, but the damage is done. Um, you know, after after the election, he doesn't care if he loses the lawsuit. I don't think he cares about much of anything right now, or knows much no. of anything right now. He's being told what to say and told what to do. Joe, I appreciate well, you calling your input. Uh, you know, it's your take on it. More than welcome to have it. Uh, I just I think it's a stretch. Talking uh, a little more locally, actually not locally, but I want to talk about it because it's just a matter of time before it comes here. But you have a group of New York City Council members that have proposed a bill to bar limits on migra- migrant shelter stays. Now the mayor is trying to make some ground. Now he still has not taken away the sanctuary city status of New York City, but they are limiting to 30 and 60 days stays in city-run shelters, and they have to reapply, and they get eviction notices. Well, there's a group of progressive socialist city council members that the members of the community vote in as their local city representatives that want to cease that and say it should be unlimited. And it it mentions them. There's uh, council members uh, Lincoln Ressler, Jennifer Gutierrez, Carmen De La Rosa, Crystal Hudson, Piorina Anna Sanchez, Sandy Nurse, Julie Wan, and um, Shanna Hanif. They're all city council members. They are self-declared socialist progressives that want unlimited social and to take the power away from the, 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 the mayor to limit shelter stays. So you have that on one end, and and the the phrase comes to mind, elections have consequences. So it's hard to feel sorry for the residents of New York City that elect morons like this when they make proposals like this. I mean, this is what you're getting when you don't look into who you're voting for or you're looking forward. And, And if the majority of that community wants a socialist representation of the city of New York— then have at it. In the same day, being this was yesterday, a pound of crystal meth was found by cops at a New York City hotel housing migrants, the sources said. Sources being law enforcement. 
And it's not like it mysteriously found its way in there. This Ramada Inn in North Gannon Avenue is only being occupied by asylum seeker migrants in the New York City area. The hotel was turned into a 35-unit shelter to house incoming migrants on May 4th according to local politicians. So not only are the taxpayers footing the bill for their staying, them food, their housing, they're getting clothing allowances, they're getting health care, they're getting all this, is we're actually running their drug trafficking operations for them. We're paying for the facilities that they're doing it from. So a pound of crystal meth was recovered by police in a room at that Staten Island hotel that has been converted into emergency housing shelter for migrants. Again, elections have consequences. We have to understand that. It's uh, unbelievable what's going on in New York City. And I'm telling you, it's just a matter of time before it's coming here. And uh, hopefully I get some people on, on the show in the next couple of weeks to, uh, to show that to you. We uh, had our jobs report today, and, and it's good news. It doubled what the expectations are, 336,000 jobs in September. Great news for the jobs market. Now I'm going to break down where those jobs are, what types of industries they are in, to give a little insight into what's going on. But on the flip side of this, it all but guarantees another rate hike by the Fed. We are going to have another quarter percent rate hike. And even if it matched what they expected, which was about 150, 160,000 jobs, they said it would probably get a, a rate hike. Unless it was below, it, it wouldn't stave off a rate hike. This is double, so it all but pretty much guarantees they're going to raise the rate hike again, which means in a month or so, not even in a couple of weeks, your average mortgage rate in, in, in America will be about 8% again, the highest it's been in, in 40 years. But the jobs that they did, uh, did add in the month of September was led by leisure and hospitality. 96,000 jobs were added. Government employee employment was the next. 73,000 jobs. Then you have food, services, and bars. 61,000 dollars. And healthcare. 41,000 jobs were added, not, not dollars. So you have hospitality and leisure. People are traveling again. People were locked up for how many years? They want to get out. They want to travel. They want to do things. So 96,000 jobs were added. For the food services and bars, 61,000, that brings those industries back to pre-pandemic levels. So food services, restaurants and bars, restaurants, uh, catering, all that stuff, food services and bars is the, the, the way it's listed. 61,000 jobs brings that job market back to pre-pandemic levels, which is a great thing. Government employment is the thing we have to watch here. 73,000 jobs. Government employment has led the last eight months of job. They've been in the top four for jobs each month listed. That you have to be careful of because uh, why would anyone in government pay to lose their job, uh, vote to lose their job, or be against anything to lose their job? And health care, 41,000. There is a tremendous deficiency in health care since the pandemic, so it's getting those back. They're not even at pre-pandemic levels now. So those are the four industries that led the uh, jobs report for September. They also modified, lowered the job reports for the past two months, which often happens. This 336,000 jobs in September, once it's, it's truly figured out because it's still early in the cycle, these are preliminary numbers, 
they'll probably reduce it by eighty or a hundred thousand, which is still above expectations, which is still good. But it all but guarantees the raise in our interest rates. And and what's happening here? More and more people in America are depending on credit. They're depending on credit cards. They're taking things out. The government depends on credit. The government takes bonds. They borrow from themselves. Now, I just said the city of Scranton yesterday is borrowing $4.07 million at, I believe, just under 5% interest. It's a good rate, but it, you know, it's not what you could have got two years ago, where you're probably getting two or two point something percent interest. Government's also doing that across across the nation, both city, state, municipal, local, and the federal government. They are borrowing money because that's what we have to do because we run a deficit every year at a higher interest rate. And they're going to have to pay themselves back that higher interest rate. We are paying back that money at a higher interest rate. So the fact that we have these jobs is a great thing, but the fact that it's also raising the interest rates just hurts us in the long term. So this is a double-edged sword that we just have to be aware of. Again, there's, there's not bad news here. It, if it was just below the 160, 170,000 jobs, maybe 120,000 jobs, it could have staved off that. But we're feeling inflation. We're feeling the interest rates. Anyone, if you have any sort of outstanding debt now that you're using, credit cards are raising their rates. If you default, you're immediately going jumping up to extraordinary rates. I, I've seen as much as 28 and 32% if you default on a credit card payment. A lot of them give you one payment waiver. Just be careful. Pay off your credit cards as soon as you can. Cut them up. Don't use them anymore. I know it's hard, but if you, if you can do without, if you can... Do anything. Try to avoid that credit pitfall because it's, it's really going to crush crush you if you do. It's uh, 423 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 428, 74 degrees and cloudy. Well, the CDC listed their top 10 causes of death, which accounted for 75.4% of all deaths for 2022. Heart disease leads the uh, pack with 695-plus thousand. Cancer follows it at uh, 605,000. COVID-19, 416,000. Accidents, 224,000. Stroke, 162,000. Chronic lower respiratory disease, 142,000. Alzheimer's, 120,000. Diabetes, 103,000. Chronic liver disease and cirrhosis, um, 56.5 thousand kidney disease, 54,000. Um, and they did note that was interesting in here is the severe drop in influenza and pneumonia, which is down 55.3%. Now it doesn't say that, but wouldn't you think that's kind of eaten up in the COVID-19 416, almost 417,000. That would be my guess because all of a sudden influenza and pneumonia just doesn't drop 55%. So, you also had uh, heart disease drop 34.8% and strokes drop 33%, even though heart disease was number one at almost 700,000. I think a lot of them are eaten up in that COVID-19 uh, statistic, too. Now, it doesn't say that. Then again, this is just my observation in uh, what's going on there. But I would say that that's all being lumped in there, but it was truly other things 
that cause those deaths. Again, just uh, just me spitballing here on what's going on there. The data showed that men had a 61.9% higher rate of heart disease deaths and were more than 50% likely to die from unintentional accidents. However, women were 47.5% more likely to die of Alzheimer's disease. And again, this is from the CDC. I did not know this. American Indians and Alaska Natives were more likely to have uh, unintentional injuries chronic liver disease, cirrhosis, and diabetes, where native Hawaiians or other Pacific Islanders also had a higher occurrence of diabetes. So, uh, you know, that was an interesting fact there, but that's your top 10 causes of death, which account for 75.4% of all deaths in America. So eat healthy, live healthy, exercise, do what you can. I'm trying. I'm trying. I hit my goal, 30 pounds lost in three months. Exactly three months. So I'm, I'm real happy with that. And I'm going to keep going. Going to be a grandpa now. Got to run around in the backyard and chase the little one soon. So uh gives me a little extra motivation when I'm on the elliptical treadmill on the weights. It's 431 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 437. Rain tomorrow. It's uh, 74 degrees and cloudy right now. Point of the show where we're on our heroes across America. Who made the ultimate sacrifice. 68 made the ultimate sacrifice on this day. Five of them from here in Pennsylvania. We're going to start off with police officer Louis Robert Torello. 1950, the Philadelphia Police Department was stabbed to death when he and another officer were attacked on Montgomery Avenue. The man who had just been released from the Philadelphia State Hospital at Byberry, the officer shot the suspect three times, and he was still able to stab and kill him. Chief of Police Warren M. Kramer, Hatsborough Borough Police Department in Pennsylvania in 1933, was struck by a vehicle and killed when he stepped off the curb into the street. He was searching for lost property at the time of the incident. Now, the Philadelphia police officer, policeman Bartholomew James Cohen, 1922, was killed when his car collided with a trolley near St. Agnes Hospital. Patrolman William F. Smith, Homestead Borough Police Department, Pennsylvania, 1920, was shot and killed after responding to the scene of a drunk man brandishing a handgun. We have Private Chester Arthur Coons, Pennsylvania State Police in 1918, died after contracting the Spanish flu when the performance of his duty. Due to the devastation of the Spanish influenza pandemic of 1918, members of the Pennsylvania State Police had been ordered to perform duties such as assisting nurses and doctors in taking care of influenza victims, serve as pallbearers of influenza victims, assist as health officers transporting victims to and from the hospitals, and to police the borough of Exeter after the two members of the police force succumbed to influenza. Crazy what a... What happened back then down in uh, 1918 and to see that we kind of repeated history here on our our times. Got some text messaging. Uh, hey, guys, what's the story about the Hazleton Dominican leader that got mad at somebody and shot them over a cartoon? Yeah, it was it was a, I read the story in the paper today. Um, there's a Spanish newspaper that was. Uh, publishing characters of this individual and his family and he can they there was a verbal dispute 
that turned into him shooting him in the wrist. Uh, he's obviously since been arrested. He's also been removed from the board of the Hispanic community leadership that he had there. Um, but he, he took he took it personal of the characters of his daughter and his wife being included. He said that they shouldn't be part of the issue with the the publisher of the newspaper. So that happened there. So I appreciate you bringing that up. I did read the story this morning. Can only talk about so many things. And like I said, you know, I've kind of, if you've noticed, I've done away with Rob's rundown for now because um, the newspapers really are our local papers where I get most of those headlines from the stories because they are local stories I'd like us to know about. They're not putting out the same quantity of what they did. They're covering a lot less. They're, I'm seeing a lot thinner in the coverage, the news coverage in the day-to-day papers. And my fear is, you know, now that a hedge fund who buys media companies have taken over the conglomerate of the local newspapers, be it the Times Tribune and the Citizen Voice being the two um, larger ones that I that I pay attention to, I'm wondering if they're going to look to combine the two. Because like I said, they've both been a little lighter. And, and it's it's not the quality of the stories. You know, the, the, the journalists that are still there, the the reporters that are still there are doing a great job. They're just, there's not as much. They're not covering as wide spread as they they used to i've noticed it and i'm yeah have you noticed it the readers the the listeners out there let me know because i'd love to get your input on it as well but i've noticed that and there's just less to pick of it's it's been with everything going on in the country it's it's been a slower than average news week so you know to find the things i i find interesting that i want to bring to you i try to do it you know locally statewide nationally and if there's stuff going on in the world, I'm obviously going to cover it, major stuff. But I think our local stories are important. So, you know, I try to bring them to you, but I've noticed that those, they've been slim pickings as far as that goes. They are, there's definitely a noticeable difference of the amount of coverage that our local papers are doing lately. Uh, and I've seen it. So I, I really don't have that anywhere from 10 to 12, you know, headlines that I'm not going to get into in the, during the show, just... Uh, just to give you, let you know that, hey, these things are happening. These are the headlines around. You could look at them up on your own. And if you want to talk about them, we can. There just hasn't been that because I've seen a decline in the amount of coverage from our local papers. Nikki, you have seen that as well? I definitely have noticed that entirely. It's not a good thing. No, and my my concern is, and I, I have no inside information. I have nothing about this, but just knowing the way hedge funds work and mm-hmm. it's all about the bottom line. It's all about making money and such like that. Are they going to do away with one and just combine the Times Tribune and Citizens Voice to one newspaper for both areas? Uh, well, that's pretty much what it was anyway to begin with. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you picked up one, you had the news from the other. Except oh, there would be it. a headline front page would be different for what area. Now, the standard speaker is the one I'd worry about, too, yeah. uh, because – you know the Hazelton paper doesn't really relate to the Wilkesbury paper to the to the Scranton paper. All the news stories. Standard Speaker is the one that um, that you don't want to go Wilkesbury Scranton because it's a separate area. It's a there. You know we're fifteen twenty minutes drive to Scranton. That's a good half hour yeah. or so to get down there, and the news is is different. And doesn't necessarily the news that happens up here doesn't really affect down there as much as even though it's Luzerne County. Yeah, and I they know. need their own paper. And, but a lot of the other problem is with these hedge funds, they want to pay their reporters as little as possible. They treat them like they're um, burger flippers. Yeah. 
But I, and I shouldn't say that in a negative way. We need burger flippers, especially good burger flippers who can make a nice, medium, rare, delicious, juicy hamburger on Friday night. Did I? Wait, oh, sorry. Is, is, is that where you're going? Is that what you're going to get on this Friday night? <laughs> no, probably not. Oh, but okay. it was a thought. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, 4.44 here now. It's time for traffic and weather. And this traffic update is brought to you by Penn Teledata Internet. 81 just uh, has those areas of slowing. If you're uh, in the area between Benton, Scott, and Waverly, that's pretty frustrating both directions. Coming through the Scranton area, heading southbound, you're dipping well below the speed limit, all the way to Avoca. Other than that, we just have a little bit of bumper-to-bumper traffic on North Main Avenue in Dixon City, as well as, or North Main Street in Dixon City, as well as um, some heavy traffic heading into Clark Summit, heading up the hill. Whenever you see that traffic, whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, spotty showers, low 57. Saturday, scattered showers and breezy, high 63. Sunday, mostly cloudy and breezy with spotty showers, high 58. Monday, partly sunny, breezy, and cooler, high 54. It's currently 73 degrees and cloudy here at 445 at your official weather station, WILK. You can let it keep playing there, Jay. Good song. Oh, it ended. It's all right. It's 448, 449 here in the studio in Pittston. It's uh, 74 degrees and cloudy outside. Got a text message in, and I'm willing to have this conversation. It says, I wish I had time to call and give you a different perspective. I borrowed $45,000 for college after 16 years of payments. I paid 49000 towards it. At the time of my student loan forgiveness, forgiveness last month, my balance was 44990 I wish you could hear the other side of the story. That's all I'm saying. And, and my questions, I, I'm, I'm willing to hear that other side of the story. As a matter of fact, I'd love to hear the other sto- side of the story. You know, my, my saying was, you know, what was your minimum payment? How much did you make annually in a salary? Did you ever defer payment? Was you, what was your principal and interest breakdown each month? Um, you know, there's a lot of questions here. What was your interest rate? Did you get a government loan or did you get a private loan? What was your interest rate of that loan? Was it a balloon pay, interest payment? Was it a, you know, there's a lot of questions there. If you made your interest in principal payments, and I don't understand how this works after six, 16 years. I don't understand the agreement that you had. You know, my truck was more than $45,000 and I had a five-year loan and it was paid off in five years, less than five years because I send more than than I'm than I owed. So for paying 16 years of payments of principal and interest, you paid $49,000. How do you have 44,990 balance left? So uh, so I, I'm trying to figure it out there on, on how that works, how, how your situation worked there. And again, um, you know, for 40, you took out a college loan for $45,000. What career were you looking at? What career, what was your degree in? Was it a marketable degree? Are you making good salary now? Did you pay more than your minimum payment? If you're paying the minimum payment, which basically just pays your interest rate, uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to pay down the principal at all. There's a lot of variables there. But again, I, I don't think how your personal college loan should be a taxpayer's responsibility. But if for some reason you were paying a government loan and some sh- extraordinary amount of uh, interest rate, you know, I, I want to hear that to understand it better. Absolutely. But those are the questions I have, you know, in, in regards to that.
Uh, I got some questions now, um, some text messages going on here. I also got a text message about if, if we've heard anything about that Scranton City Councilman Darwin Shaw. I have not, and I just did a Google search, and I see nothing updated on that. If anybody has any updated information on what's going on with that, supposedly forged both him and his uh, somebody else forged some signatures to get him on that ballot. Uh, but I just checked, and I see nothing recent on that, so I do not have an update on that. I apologize for that. It is, um, I guess when we come back, Jake, we'll talk about that uh, Haley Deegan when we come back from the break. Yeah, we can talk about that. I was going to talk about it earlier. I know Jake's been chomping at the bit because a little NASCAR news going on. or and So, uh you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get that. We'll play the little sound bite and talk about that a little bit when we get back from the break. It is uh, 4.52 here at WILK. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 4.56 here at the station, 73 degrees. Well, uh, driver Haley Deegan will be joining the Xfinity Series in 2024. Now, she was uh, competed in the NASCAR West Series 2018-2019. And... Uh, she had three victories there. Third place finish uh, in the 2020 ARCA National Series standings. Also does the truck race. But it looks like now she's going in X- Xfinity, Jake, huh? Yeah, honestly, Rob, I like this move better. I like Haley being a part of the NASCAR Xfinity Series more so than the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series. And, and the thing is, I feel like for those being the two divisions that are just right below the Cup Series, which is obviously where everyone wants to be, I would have to say that the the truck series, as fun and exciting as it's been over the past 28 years, I would say over the past couple of years, it's been almost kind of reckless at, at, at times. And so, like you were talking about, Haley's record when she won three West Series races, um, you know, obviously I feel like she's more suited to being a race car instead of a truck and i mean she's done a respectable job in the truck series it just seems like always getting caught up in someone else's mess or someone else's mistakes i mean pair of sixth place finishes talladega last year and texas back in april but i think with xfinity it's the perfect stepping stone before you go to the cup series and she did an xfinity race at las vegas motor speedway october of last year finished 13th which is awesome for your debut i mean as i said definitely a step above from the truck series and i feel like the racing there it's some of the best racing there is in the sport but i feel like people race with a lot more respect with a lot more using their head and whatnot so personally i i really like this move and i think that she's she's gonna do good the team that she's with they have an affiliation with stewart haas racing you know tony stewart's team so i'm really excited about the move because Everyone knows the kind of talent that she has and the passion that she has for the sport. Her her dad, Brian, used to race back in the day. She has a deal with Ford Motor Company. She has a deal with Monster Energy. And her her positive attitude is what, you know, draws fans to her. Yeah, I think Airbnb is uh, so, is uh, sponsoring her Xfinity Series truck. Yeah. I saw them unveil the car. And she's only 22 years old. Yeah, only 22 years old. And I like what she's – and I like how she was in the truck series for – three years this is a multi-year deal with the xfinity series they're not you know she's not trying to rush up to the cup series like what happened to danica patrick danica did one year of the xfinity series driving for dale jr and his older sister kelly went right into cup in 2013 had a few good runs here and there but a lot of torn up race cars so this is definitely a good move on the part of haley 
and she's caught the attention of one particular driver, Kevin Harvick. You know, Kevin said a number of years ago he ran against her in a West race out in Bakersfield, and he said she's very, very talented, just got to make sure that she comes up through the ranks the right way, doesn't rush anything. I actually saw her uh, do an, uh, Tony Stewart do an interview on her mm -hmm. where he gave her so many accolades. She, he oh, did a yeah. dirt race with her. Yeah, the SRX series that yeah. Tony owns, and she's finished like she second came or third in, she a couple came in, of times. Yeah, she yeah. came in in the top three in a backup car. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And he he just gave her all the accolades in the world, which really yeah. grabbed my attention on it. Yeah, I think he I think she finished second, and Tony ended up winning that night. And and as soon as he got out of the car and they put put the microphone in his face, he said, "She's a really really good driver." Yeah. So obviously there, there's an avenue right there, you know, potentially Stuart Haas racing. You never know. Sounds good. Uh, yeah. We don't have time for a clip, but it was I, I really respect her. I like her attitude. So we'll look at yeah, her. Me too.